listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. This is Vicki. And this week I had a guest on and I had said in the beginning of the podcast and have carried it out here and there where I'll have guests on that bring you information that I'm not an expert on, but I'm very interested in. So Mike Michalowicz is someone who, he's an author, he's a business um, consultant, he has multiple businesses, and he really focuses on the entrepreneurial life and helping businesses of all sizes uh, reframe how they're working and, and to become really the best that they can be. And isn't that why we're all here? even though the best for me ends up being always an expansion and growing and learning more. So that's why this is exciting. I've been reading his books since 2013. I even have an autographed copy, thank you very much, of The Pumpkin Plan. And so when I reached out to him and said I'd like to have him on the show and he accepted, I was very excited. This is not an affiliate. This is not something that I benefit from except the amazing conversation the information, and then I get to send it to you. And so this week he came on and shared with us some information from the book that literally just came out on the 28th of April. So I'm so grateful he had a few minutes to kind of squeeze me in. So it's called Fix This Next. And he's written other books, Profit First, Clockwork Surge, The Pumpkin Plan, Um, And actually, the one that came to my attention first was called uh, The uh, Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, and I thought it was funny. So that, and it's brilliant marketing, right? So by his 35th birthday, he had founded and sold two companies, um, one private, another Fortune 500, and today he's running his third multi-million dollar venture, which is Profit First Professionals. And there's just a ton of information. I'll link all of this in the show notes. Um, And today he shared with us some information about how to identify and really address some of the issues that are challenging in business. And in that, what do we do next? You know, and we had some great conversation because, you know, he believes in intuition and the gut and all of that. So... I give you Mike McCallowitz. So today on Intuition Your First Sense, I am very grateful to have Mike McCallowitz on with me. I have followed him since 2013. So I even have an autographed copy of The Pumpkin Plan. So Wow, you go way back. I go- <laughs> I go way back. So um, because I appreciate your writing and I appreciate what you do for entrepreneurs and the teaching and all of that and the humor, that's really important to me um, because I think we learn well that way. So so that's my um, uh, background of, of my appreciation of you. Why don't you share with my listeners who you are, yeah. what you do. Um, and why they should buy your books? <laughs> oh yeah, so uh, I, my name is Mike. I'm an author guy. Um, I write I write business books, and uh, my background is I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, and found the journey to be satisfying in some areas and devastating in others. And uh, I come to realize that there's this thing called entrepreneurial poverty. So I'm on a mission to fix it. What that is is the day you start your business 
your friends don't know what it means to be an entrepreneur, but they believe that you're a millionaire <laughs> and you sit on the beach drinking Mai Tais and life is great. But the, the opposite is the reality. We work our asses off and we don't have much money. In fact, we have less than many people. We're struggling. That gap is entrepreneurial poverty. And my life's mission, I truly believe, is to close that gap. That I believe entrepreneurs should be wildly successful. It's the ultimate contribution to our economy. Um, it empowers others, gives them jobs. Fifty percent of people who are employed are employed by entrepreneurs, small business owners. So that's my mission, and uh, I, I still am an active entrepreneur. I own a few businesses, but uh, I'm a full-time author. So I've written six books now. My most recent being Fix This Next. And why should people buy it? Well, if they have a need that it satisfies. Uh, then their need, then I think they should buy it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I've written books on marketing, growth, like uh, Pumpkin Plan, right. to Profit First, yep. which is about profitability, to uh, my most recent, which is Fix This Next, which is if you don't know what to work on your business, if you stay stuck putting out fires, Fix This Next was designed to find that one fix your business needs from you right now. And I've read the majority of it um, and I thoroughly agree that entrepreneurs, I do a lot of business consulting and I see the um, conundrum, like this, they're stuck, I, you know, myself included, I've been doing this 19 years. So um, you, you have the different waves of, oh, this is great riding high and okay, what do I need to do? And often next is so um, confusing. It's it's not clear, right. and there's certainly enough books and material and stuff and mentors and such that you can access. Um, what, of course, what I loved about the book when I first started reading it was, I mean, the podcast is called Intuition, Your First Sense for a reason. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe we're born with the intuitive sense. However, if we don't use our practicality and all the other, <laughs> I was hoping that would be refreshing for you. Um, all the other uh, aspects that make us human that's just so amazing, then that intuition doesn't serve you at all. You're just flight of fancy. You're not grounded. So one of the things when I first started reading it and you were like, gut this and gut that, I was like, oh, I'm going to love this even more than the other ones, I think. <laughs> so, but I have a question from someone who does make her living based on her intuition yeah. and um, loves helping other people develop theirs. It made me think in the beginning, and we're going to get into the nitty gritty of the book too, but I, it, I have a question off the bat. Like, have you experienced where you listened to your gut and didn't necessarily bring in that other practicality? And that was some of the reason for developing this, this work? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I found, at least for myself, that um, the gut is a great beacon in a way to head, but isn't necessarily the only pathway or at least needs to be validated right. that, I'm, that I'm making steps that are appropriate for the business. What I found is we, humanity is wired into ourselves. Uh, there's a Maslow of hierarchy of needs that we are wired into, you know, so the base level needs are physiological. We need to breathe air and eat food and drink water. And then we have needs for safety concerns and belonging, highest level self-actualization where we're serving a greater purpose. And we're, we're, wired, we're neurologically wired into ourselves. So like if, if you and I were like taking a short, we're walking to your house, taking a shortcut and we cut down an alley and you're like, I don't feel good about this. 
we better turn around. Like that, <laughs> that is the senses triggering yeah. there's something wrong here. And it, it comes in a, a, a immediate emotion, but our brain is taking all these data inputs, sight, smell, touch here, and says, mm, something's off. Intuition triggers in. We better act on it. In our business itself, there's a hierarchy of needs the business has. I call it the business hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Foundationally, every business needs sales and then profit. It goes all the way up to a thing called legacy. But we are not neurologically wired into our business. So we don't have the gut instinct for the business alone. We can complement it because we are human within the business, but the entity itself are not neurologically wired into it. So we need to back that intuition with empirical data. You know, when we have a feeling we need to move in a certain direction, is, is that what the data is also indicating? And I found I made some instinctual decisions in my business that were totally wrong, um, but I didn't want to admit it. Um, and my gut was changing all the time. What I said in the morning we need to do, I was reversing and saying, no, it was this in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Once I started looking at the empirical data, just the, the plain hold, cold facts on the, the data, I was able to make much better decisions for the long-term interests of the business. I agree so much because uh, people are often surprised when I come in to assess a business or come in as a consultant that I bring that very practical aspect of, okay, can I have a plan? Do you have a plan? Do you, where are you headed? What have you done? Can you show me the books? You know, stuff along those lines. And then I'll say, okay, then we're going to look at, I call it my movie screen. We're going to look at what my movie screen says for the business. And a lot of the times I've worked with solopreneurs um, or doctors <laughs> um, and have had to say, you aren't your business. It has its own yes. life force energy, you know, it, and we have to look at it that way. It just like your kids aren't carbon copies of you, no matter how much you want them to be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they yeah. come with their own soul's journey as well. So this is, that's part of the reason. I mean, I've always recommended your books, but this one, I'm like, Oh, this is like the, the, merging, I feel, of allowing the instincts that we have to be there, but backing them up with, does it work? (laughs) Uh, I think one of the more key pieces on this subject where intuition matches data is Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. And we talked about in the book, I remember the opening stories there, they find this artifact and um, expert after expert went through the basic data and said, yep, this is it. And then one expert, just something didn't feel right. And they went deeper and deeper into the data and then they found it was actually a uh, fake. What was so interesting was the reason that intuition was so strong was that expert had gone through these evaluations of these different artifacts for decades. So this accumulating knowledge and awareness brought this instant reflection of something's off. Exactly. And uh, that will happen in our business. As we get more attuned to our business over time, we'll have those moments where it's like, no. Mm. And that simply is a call, in my opinion, to look at the data that backs that emotion, that intuition, and then make decisions based upon the data you find that that trigger that was triggered and opened up by intuition. Mm-hmm. I love your, you already mentioned it, but the, the business hierarchy of needs and yeah. I, I love a good graph. So, or a yeah, good chart. Too. So, you know, there's um, the chart that you created. Can you give us a kind of a synopsis of those levels um, that are within there? You don't have to go into each one because of course we want them 
you guys need to buy this book. I'm just going to be bossy. I am bossy. So here you go. There you go. Uh, any of my <laughs> business owners and not business owners, there's a lot of great advice in here um, that are life skills that are yeah. under the premise of building a business is what I found. If you can feel un well, feel under, but also read under the the higher hierarchy of message, um, there was more under there. So could you, um, I'm, I'm interested in the business hierarchy of needs, mm -hmm. as well as the identify, pinpoint, fulfill, and repeat. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's, that's the system to identify, pinpoint, repeat. So fulfill and repeat. The, the business hierarchy of needs was translated from Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And what I identified is that the essence, first with humanity, we are all essentially the same when you peel back the skin of humanity. But on the outside, different gender, skin color, voice. So we judge based upon these outside factors. But when you look inside, it's all the same. So like if I went to the hospital and I was having cardiac arrest, the doctor doesn't, she doesn't say, where's, where's your heart? Is it in your foot? Or, you know, <laughs> no, like we know what to do and how to address it. When we go back to the skin of business, we that the makeup of business, the biology of business is identical. And it follows a hierarchy of needs. So the, the five hierarchy of needs in a business is foundationally every business needs sales. Sales is the creation of cash. If you have no sales, your business is suffocating. It, it will, won't, can't sustain. So we need that. The next level is profit. Profit is the creation of stability. It's the retention of cash, but also the dispersion of cash in appropriate ways. And that translates to stability. You know, we're recording this. We're, you know, far now into the pandemic. Sure. And, um, you could see which businesses were not prepared for this. Warren Buffett said that when, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. When the recession goes out, you see the businesses that weren't profitable. Right. Above that is order. Order is the creation of efficiency in an organization. The, the ultimate asset test is if the business owner isn't needed for the business, if the owner could leave for four consecutive weeks and just be gone and the business continues to sustain and grow, that's a business likely that does not need the owner and therefore has achieved a high degree of order, meaning there's no dependency on the superhero. Mm -hmm. The next level above that is called impact. Impact is the creation of transformation. These are businesses that realize they're not in the business of transaction, but that transaction is permanently shifting people's lives in some capacity. And the highest level is called legacy. Legacy is the creation of permanence. And uh, this actually is my favorite stage. What I found when I, when I interviewed owners around this, they said to me, they realized they were never business owners in the first place, that they've always been business stewards, that they had a responsibility, just to your point earlier, they had a responsibility to bring life to this entity, but the entity is its own thing. It's yeah. its own soul, if you will. And the business owner is less significant than the business itself. And uh, they released it to live on into perpetuity. Hmm. Now, these levels, it's like building a structure. You need the foundation of sales in place first. You can't skip levels, even though people try. People try putting the third or fourth floor in thin air and it collapses and crashes to the ground. Yeah. Others also just focus on the foundation in perpetuity. They build this foundation that's the size of a skyscraper and they put a little tool shed of profit above it and it falls within it. So this works relationally. And what we'll do is we simply ping pong around. Like Maslow, you always have to make sure your base level needs are satisfied before you go up, but you'll bounce around. Some, some people, as they went into this COVID crisis, reverted back to the foundational need of selling more or sustaining profit at what they have. Others have moved up to impact in serving their communities while making sure sales are flowing mm -hmm. and that they are profitable and that they are efficient. They are efficient so they can continue to service at a very impactful level. Mm -hmm. So that's the business hierarchy of needs. 
I love it because it makes it a, a, a much more concrete, I think, example. It's, it's got a lot of depth, but yet I find it easy to follow um, and very actionable. Like when you, when you move through and besides the fact that you have a all free um, stuff that people can do on the website, I did mine, um, the assessment, uh, I like homework, um, and did my sheet. It, it's a great, um, there are great tools there, not simply another uh, 280 something pages of information, <laughs> you know, because yeah. there's a lot of that. There's a lot yeah. of that. Um, what would you say in, in your years of experience that's led to this fix it next uh, premise, what would you say the most prevalent issue is for people that they bounce around or businesses, however yeah, you want well, to go? Okay, so I, there's two issues that play almost the same level. Many businesses try to jump levels. And uh, in particular, I see people trying to move to impact. Not-for-profits are notorious for this. You know, people sit out and say, I'm going to change the world. It's such a noble cause. And they start the business, but they don't concern themselves with sales, profit, or order, meaning they don't focus on contributions, sustainability, or efficiency. They simply want to serve the world. And it collapses. Most not-for-profits fail at a disproportionately great rate because they're just focused on giving, but they don't concern themselves with getting, which is the only way to give is if you get and um, sadly, a lot of for-profit businesses really should be recategorized as not-for-profit. They focus too high, too fast. The other one that's just as prevalent is sales. There's this belief that sales cures everything, and that's total nonsense. Yeah. It does not. Sales is necessary. That's breathing oxygen. But that's like saying, you know, someone has a gun to my head, and if I just keep on breathing, that will save me. No, you must defend yourself and protect yourself quickly. So sales does not cure everything. It's just the first stage. You need to breathe to live. But once you have sales coming in, we must be retaining that money profit, which is an equivalent of safety, protection for the organization. And once that's done, we must not put the layer of bringing efficiency about. Mm-hmm. And, and the last thing, which is a challenge people have in understanding this, is all the elements play out at all times. It's not that um, you're only focusing on, say, efficiency and nothing else is focused on. No, it's where we're applying our fix. The question in this system is where do we find our next fix? Just like right now, we're talking on the Maslowian hierarchy of needs. It could be considered self-actualization or esteem, the higher level needs, but we're still breathing right now. It's not like we're thinking about it. The base level need is automatically satisfied. And that's true for our business too. As we set up structures and systems, those will continue in process. You'll keep on selling, but then we focus our fix on the next area, resolve it, revert to the base, evaluate our way up, find the next fix and repeat into perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. One of the things, one of the uh, statements that, jumped out to me in the book is that I would, your words, that I would always remember that wanting to own something and wanting to grow a business are two different pursuits. Mm. And that literally jumped out of my Kindle um, to me um, because it's not easy owning a business and we're not on an island. At least I haven't arrived there yet. Um, So what tool or advice uh, do you find most helpful for someone discerning this? And this also goes to the idea of, I am not my business. You know? Yeah. So I'll give you a simple tool. So, so, you know, owning is possession, growing is release. That's what I came to realize. And 
many business owners are in such a possession mindset that they possess all the work. Uh, they possess all the responsibility. They possess all the client relationships. And that means they cap out, you know, a certain size. It, it, they become exhausted. The only way to grow is by working harder. And there's this mentality called the grind and hustle mentality, which is the worst mentality on the planet. But that mentality is if you want to be successful, you got to be more. You got to bring more all the time. But the true definition of entrepreneurship is where we choreograph resources and tools and software and technology and people around us to achieve the outcomes we envision. So that's what uh, growing is. It's the release of control and it's empowering other people. I think one of the best tools to do it, in one of my books, it's called Clockwork. In my book, Clockwork, I, I was researching what makes businesses efficient and not dependent on the owner, what allows a business to run on automatic. And the number one factor was this concept of the four-week vacation. If a business owner can be extracted from the business for four consecutive weeks and not participate in the business, it's a full physical and digital disconnect. And the business continues to sustain that business can run without the owner. And so therefore what we do is we schedule a four-week vacation. And I'm not saying like tomorrow, but schedule one a year or a year and a half out and you will feel a mind shift. I've been doing this now uh, religiously for three years. I'm going into my fourth year of doing this where December 7th to January 7th, I'm out. And the business is still operating. We've, we're small, we have 12 employees, but the business still has to operate. And if I'm away for that chunk of time, I can't put out emergency client fires. I can't address employee issues. And I can't wait because four weeks is such a long period. So it forced me to start to delegate. It then also allows you to reinsert yourself in the business in the way you so desire. So I've come back into the business doing what I love to do, which is being a spokesperson for the business and mm -hmm. writing books. And mm -hmm. so that's what I do now. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic because it's, this is part of why I love your work is that you become the example of the work, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it's the ultimate accountability method. Right. Like, like if I don't do, if I don't do profit first, I, it's a joke. I, I have to. So I, we've had 43, I think it was 43 consecutive quarters of profit distributions because I have to stick with the discipline and I got to make my business run itself. So it's, it's funny, everything I write about, if I don't do it, it's it's not nearly as impactful, so I have to live by it. Yeah, and I feel like that's the part of the legacy, right? Is that yeah, you know I often say I walk my walk, like I I I what I might be asking others of as a coach or a mentor or a consultant, I do the same because I need to understand what you're going through. Yeah, and I don't you know I don't want to just hand out BS, you know. Yeah, you know it, it's funny. Can you imagine your doctor? Like saying, you know, you got to exercise more and stop smoking as she lights up a cigarette and blows in your face and then starts eating like a Snickers bar. Yeah. Like that, that incongruency makes their advice hard to consume. Yeah. So we as consumers of information and knowledge want to see that the source is consistent with it. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. and, and I think that is the, I know that that's the sustainability of business too, yeah. because the reputation, you know, you, you, that I think more and more so, and I especially feel going through this COVID, people are realigning with their values and they're starting to realize what they maybe didn't need all along. Yeah, yeah. Um, and okay, now they're in a little state of confusion. Well, what the heck does that mean now? Yeah. Uh, and they're still, I feel like they're still 
going to, it's within all of us to want to aspire, to grow, to expand. So we're still going to be looking for areas to do that. And maybe someone who's already said, don't worry, I figured out some of it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get you in the majority of it. And that this is also, I think, a very exciting time. You know, people have been arguing with me a little bit about it, but I'm like, no, I can feel the excitement underneath. I know it's there. And this part of, I love, I, I remember some of your earlier emails saying, you know, I questioned about, should I launch the book? Should I not do it during this time? I remember that honesty coming through and thinking, no, go for it, go for it, go for oh, it. Because that, you know, we still need goals. We still need something out there that we can feel, that we can aspire to. Yeah. And the title of the book is perfect because right now people are also looking for a fix. <laughs> um, and yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, some people say, I need my fix. I'm like, I think that's a little different interpretation. I need my fix. Yeah. I suppose I need to get a fix, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, fix being a term for veterinary medicine. Um, yeah. You know, it's got all kinds of different yeah. meanings. So. Part of, and, and being in where we are right now, one of the things that I've been encouraging the businesses I work with is to, you have to face where you are right now. We can't talk about where we were. We can't necessarily talk about where we're going, except for in a, you know, a much more concise, maybe shorter term than we were working on before, because we have to reevaluate. We have to look at, you know, have you changed? So one of the other things I made a quote here. Um, I feel like they're tweetables or something. Um, accepting reality is a necessary, albeit somewhat painful, step in growing a truly healthy business. I say this so often in coaching. We have to laugh at we are because I feel like um, sometimes the real block is behind the false one, right? So there's this fancy curtain that's up there and it's got all the shimmery stuff and they're like, oh, that's the block. I'm afraid of being a failure. And I'm like, no, it's not. Let's, can we part the curtains? Let's look behind it. So um, you have the free evaluation on your website and it's very concise. It's, I love that. Um, how often do you recommend that someone or a business face and accept reality as a as a business practice like is mm. there is there a check-in yeah, yeah i think there's a check-in i mean from the fix this next perspective it's simply once you have a fix fully resolved or on the path to res resolution but it's predictable path to resolution that's the next time to find the next thing your business needs the mentality of trying to fix everything simultaneously dilutes our ability to fix anything effectively mm -hmm. So we got to nail one thing at a time. But also I think just habitually, habitually, there's a couple rhythms we need to get into. Our own business, we have a daily huddle. The entire business, again, 12 of us, comes together. We talk for 15 minutes just giving updates. We have a weekly meeting. So I'll be president for our company. I meet with her weekly. And we just discuss how we're progressing, what's going on. Um, she also meets with each employee individually weekly for about a half hour just to see how they're doing, not just in work, it's how they're doing overall. Mm. So we have those rhythms. And then we have a quarterly retreat or a quarterly meeting and an annual retreat. So quarterly, we spend a day meeting and just planning out the business. And once a year, we go away for two or three days as a team. So we have those established meeting rhythms. And that's a very healthy way to have a 
calendared, committed, schedule to reviewing the reality of what's going on with the business. Perfect, perfect. It can be so easy, I find, to, to just be in the business. Um, and going, especially someone like myself, I, I'm individual and have a yeah. VA, you know, so all the different elements of it, it, it can be challenging. Um, and with 12 people getting them all and then 500 people, you know, it's all, all the different levels. Fix This Next is applicable to all those levels is what I, as I was yeah. reading it, yeah, I it found. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And that's why, you know, part of the thing. So there's, there's one thing... Um, that I will often ask those that are on my show is, and it fits into some of your message here. Um, so we're all gonna croak, right? We're all gonna we're all gonna kick up. I try to get people to lighten up about the. And just because uh, I forgot to mention before, I have a meeting that starts in two minutes. Another interview, so I gotta yes, go. Yes, that's why I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, it, very concisely, when you're looking at your your uh, life review. Yeah. What's one statement you want to say to yourself about, you know, damn, I did all right. Like, yeah, it's Mike eradicated entrepreneurial poverty. It's my life's mission that we started off with. I, I, I know it's unlikely to happen in my lifetime, but my commitment is to leave a legacy that it can happen in someone's lifetime. Well, you've done that. Um, and now it's up to them to put it into action. Well, right. until every final, until my final breath, I'm going to keep contributing to that mission with everyone else that is, because we need it. it, it, it what we're experiencing now could have been prevented with strong, healthy small business, and right. it's and we'll it, get through it. It will improve, yeah. but I think there's an opportunity for a real jubilee in small business, and I just want to be part of that. Right, and what I mean by you, you've done it is you've done it to this point. There will always be expansion to grow on because there's always yeah. going to be something Agreed. to learn. Um, because without curiosity, oh, this thing would be boring. So this whole life process. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much. I know you need to get off and to your meeting and I appreciate it. And, um, well, keep pumping out the good work. <laughs> Vicki, thanks for doing this. I appreciate you. Take My care. Pleasure. Okay. Take care. Bye. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at vickibaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.